0: You're listening to a teaching from Sundown Church. We hope you encounter God through our podcast and experience freedom in your life. Well, so this evening, this is our last lesson on the prayer in the prayer and worship series. This is the final so this is, we are just going to uh, briefly, uh, hey man, as well as, as we can, uh, with the time that we have, go through, just review everything that we've been talking about. Um, over the last 10 months, uh, we've been in it a while, which has been so fun, I love it. So no complaints there. But um, we're going we're gonna to go through this this evening, and uh, I'm excited about uh, what comes next. Uh, I'm excited to be done with this study just because of the application that now gets, gets to happen and that can be expected, because this is now knowledge that we possess. Um, and and it, it is knowledge that has an immediate Ability to transform our day-to-day life and our day-to-day relationship with the Lord uh, profoundly and our day-to-day interactions with those around us and, and what they see portrayed uh, of Jesus. We, we've got to remember 2 Corinthians 5, we God is making his appeal through us. So what image of God are we putting on display? This just helps to more accurately put on the image that he would have us put on display. But I'm also excited because we get to start projects again. I'm excited for the Kindness Project stuff. And now this is, we're not doing anything within the community. Uh, this this ben- will benefit the community because we are going to be able to open a daycare here soon in the next couple of months. And that's going to be really exciting to have a daycare in Sundown, Texas again. Um, it's, but what's going to be really amazing is having a daycare that is faith-based again. Uh, and we had one here at the church a long time ago. But uh, we, we've never had a full-on daycare facility that is run as a Christian organization, period. It's in the curriculum. It's in everything that we do. And so it's, it, this is a first for Sundown, and I'm really excited for that. Really, really excited for that. The girls are doing an amazing job. And now we just get to go in and and do it as well. We get to put uh, our spin on that facility and what it looks like and uh, we get to make it our own. And so I'm just really excited to begin that process. Uh, and we will start that next Wednesday. Um, so uh, I'll have more information on what exactly we're doing with that project Sunday. What what the first step will be. We're, we're gonna be doing outside stuff first. There's interior stuff to come but the girls are painting right now and going through toys and figuring out what we're keeping, what we're getting rid of. So it just, it would be, you go in there right now, all the rooms have been emptied into the center of the building. So there's, there's really, you can't put more than about three people in that building at a time because navigating it's a little tricky. Um, just a lot of stuff that they're going through and they're doing, they're doing a, a phenomenal job. And the, uh uh, Oh, we'll show. We'll get to show just for some of you in here, and anybody is welcome to see this. We've got mock-ups on what every room is going to look like with the final uh, project. What it, what it will the final uh, product, not project, final product will look like. So that's really exciting, and just the vision that the girls have for each of those rooms. We'll get to hear about that. So really excited about that. Um, but just excited to be able to be out in the community, fellowshipping, working together on something that is going to benefit Sundown, Texas, and uh, just pumped to do that. I love some of my favorite moments in Sundown are kindness projects on Wednesday nights, just fellowship and getting our hands dirty and just enjoying good times together. So we'll start that next Wednesday. More information to, to come on Sunday, exactly what we're doing, what we'll need, and what you'll need to bring, if anything. So uh, be ready for that. Looking forward to it. With that said, I'm going to pray... Um, there's a lot to get through, so I'm mainly just praying for myself. Um, but let's pray this, mor- uh, this evening before we get started. Lord, we, just, we thank you. We thank you so, so, so much for, for this series that you, you placed, on, uh, placed in front of us. Just put on my heart and, and began to teach and began to show me all of these things. It's just been profound. Lord, we just thank you that you are, you are not a God that ever finishes with your children. You always have more to show us if we are willing to listen. We thank you that there is no end to the depths of you. So we get to always explore new and wonderful things, even on topics that we thought we had a grasp of. You will show us a layer uh, that we've never seen and maybe no one has ever seen. We get to wander into the depths of your hearts that have yet to be discovered And I believe that has been part of this study. We have gotten to wander into places that we ourselves have never seen. Never seen in the light in which you would have them be seen. And that's what this series has been. It's been profoundly full of revelation. We just thank you for it. It is all you're doing. We thank you, Lord, that all you ask of us is to watch and listen and let you build around us what you need to build. And this this series has been that... That very thing. You've just asked us to watch and listen and you've built these lessons week after week for months and months and months. You have revealed to us profound and amazing things and we are just so, so, so grateful. Uh, Lord, we pray that everything we go through tonight would be fresh on our hearts, fresh on our minds. And Lord, that it would not just be knowledge that we keep locked away in a box in our minds, but it it would be applied to our daily lives and that it would be seen by all those around us. Lord, that profound and miraculous transformation to this community would take place because we walk in these things that you've taught us over the last year. Lord, we love you, we thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, so starting with prayer, this is where we started. We started on the topic of prayer. And the main thing that we started with was recognizing that we are no longer we have to understand we prayer we know this prayer is about relationship to have right a, a correct and profound prayer life you must have right relationship with the lord if you have an incorrect relationship with god if you have a misunderstanding about him and his heart it will be it will be affecting your prayer life Your prayer life will be affected by it. It will will not look quite right. And one of the things that I have found that we do on a regular basis, we as Christians, that we have missed, is that we have missed the transition from slaves to sons. Those bound by law and the penalty of death because of our sin, once receiving the blood and forgiveness of Jesus. Now adopted, no longer are we slaves, no longer are we bound by the law, but we are freed, we are bound by grace, and we are brought into this family, and we are now made sons and daughters, but we don't make that transition in our minds. There are so many churches that operate with a slave mentality. I have to do this. I'm required to do this. I must do this to please God. That is a slave-to-master mentality. That is not a father-to-son mentality. If you are motivated by fear, if you are motivated by obligation, you've missed it. I don't want my sons operating in the will that I have for them because they're afraid of me. I want them to operate in it because they love me and they know I love them, and they know this is what is best for them. That's it. But that only comes with relationship. We have to have right relationship. We've got to make the transition We have to make the transition from slaves to sons. And one of the ways that we do that is the receiving of the Holy Spirit. But we, as Christians in the Western world primarily, really only in the Western world, have rejected the Holy Spirit. I don't know how we've ever gotten away with this. It makes zero sense to me. But we have dismissed the Holy Spirit. And if I have dismissed the holy spirit how can i ever understand to pray jesus taught us to pray and he was full of the holy spirit so how can we operate in our master in our in our in our friend in our leader in our savior's teachings without the very tool he used to bring about the revelation for his teachings that doesn't make any logical sense but we do this all the time but prayer without the spirit is lost Because how can I have a relationship with the Lord without the Spirit that knows the heart of Him? How could I ever know His heart? I can never know the heart of God if I do not have a relationship with the Spirit of God that is within Him. Who knows a man's heart but the Spirit that is in Him? So too it is with the heart of God. Who knows the heart of God but the Spirit that dwells within Him? And the Holy Spirit has been given to us by Jesus. That we could know the heart of God, the will of God, the mind of God for us and know what He says to be true about us. If I've dismissed the Holy Spirit, not only can I not have an accurate prayer life, I can't have accurate relationship because I will never see Him correctly and I will never see myself correctly. Because it is only by the revelation of the Holy Spirit that either of those things are correct. I see who God has made me to be by the revelation of the Holy Spirit, not without it. Not by my own discovery. I didn't find a map in my backyard that led me to a buried treasure that told me who I was. The Holy Spirit led me to these things. And I know who the Lord is. I know his heart. I know his heart for the people around me. I can't have prejudice. I can't, I can't that racism, prejudice, hatred, bigotry, all these things can't exist if the Holy Spirit dwells within me, because I know the heart of God. How many, how many times throughout history? Have Christians said they're doing something in the name of Jesus, in the name of God? And you look at it and you're like, that doesn't look like the God I know. Like the Crusades. Just raping, I mean, literally raping people. But it's in the name of the Lord. Like, oh, I think he missed something there. I I don't think he condoned that kind of behavior. You can do those things. You can justify these things if you dismiss the Holy Spirit because you will never know the heart of God. You will only know what you think the heart of God should look like. You will reason up your experience with man to this must be who the Lord is instead of allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal down His true nature. So prayer without the Holy Spirit is lost. Prayer is, again, it is relationship. And prayer is also intercession. But I can't understand this. I can't understand intercession if I don't have the Holy Spirit. These are building blocks, one of another. If I have one of these building blocks missing, I cannot proceed to the next. It's the pyramid example. I can't build to the next level if I've not first laid the entirety of the foundation. Right? You don't build a second story on a house with the first story partially completed. Everything, all the primary structures have to be set up before I can start adding weight to them, right? I can't build a second story floor where there is no first story wall. That's not how that works, right? And prayer is meant to be intercession. But I cannot ever understand intercession and what that is without the Holy Spirit. We read about it. We see it in John 17. Jesus, who is perfect theology. If you believe in Jesus, then you must believe that He is perfect theology. If you have a question of what your life is to look like, what your relationship with the Lord is to look like, look at Jesus and it should be answered. Okay, John 17 verse 20. And I in them. Jesus' last uh, prayer that we see, the last recorded prayer, is all intercession on our behalf. All intercession on our behalf. It is Him standing in the gap. And when we have relationship, when we operate with the Holy Spirit in unity with the Holy Spirit, we know What it is to pray. What does Scripture say? We don't know what to pray for as we ought. It is through the revelation of the Holy Spirit that we know what it is to even pray for in the moment that we find ourselves in. Because what do we have a tendency to do? We have a tendency to see things this close and then think that we have seen the entirety of the situation. Right? Jay talked about it several weeks ago. This is just our tendency to do this and we're trying to get out of this. But if we have a worldly problem, where do we look? most often for the solution to that worldly problem, in that problem. And we will find ourselves digging deeper into the problem to try to find the solution. But we know where the solution comes from. Wherever there is an earthly problem, there is meant to be a heavenly solution. We are ambassadors. We are aliens to this place. We are meant to usher in the kingdom. We are not meant to be stuck in the mud of the problems of this day. We're meant to be higher and elevated above these things that we can usher in provision and things beyond what we could ever understand. We can only do these things with the Holy Spirit. And we see this example from Jesus right here and there. He knows what is most important to the heart of God for us. And that is that we would be one. And so what does he do in his last recorded prayer? He prays and intercedes that we would be unified. I believe this is the number one desire of the Father's heart because we are, me- we are made for one another. We, we read about Scripture. We read Scriptures all over the place about us being unified. He goes through and gives the example of us being the body of Christ. And we talk about this. You know this is one of my favorite examples uh, given through Scripture because I just understand it the most. I understand that nothing within my hand works if it is not attached to my wrist. And if that wrist does not have an arm, and if that lower arm doesn't have an elbow and an upper arm and a shoulder and a heart beating and a brain and a nervous system, the amount of things that go in to me just doing this would make your head spin. But everything in this hand has purpose because it's connected to everything else. This hand only has purpose and function because it is connected to the rest of the body. The Lord knows this. He has designed us to be interwoven with each other that we could have purpose and not just some purpose, but fullness of purpose, understanding our fullness of destiny, not because I've gone out and I figured it out on my own, but because I'm connected to you and you're connected to me. And through the Spirit of God and Revelation, we can understand who each other is meant to be only by the Holy Spirit only by his revelation, only by his leading. And then in that place, I can stand in the gap for others. And I can pray. I can pray exactly in whatever moment I find myself in, what needs to be. What we did on Sunday, um, what, what was that but us standing in the gap? We literally stood in a gap. And we, this wasn't just, I had a conversation afterwards with Jay this was not just for the men of this church. This was for men, period. All of them. The Lord is saying this is, a, this is an epidemic in men. This is an epidemic. This is not just in Sundown Church. This is men across the board. Most of my conversations about what we prayed for on Sunday, before we prayed for it on Sunday, happened with men who do not gather in this house a lot of them don't even live in this city or west Texas or Texas it is a profound thing and we were standing in the gap not just for the men in this house but for the men across the country and how did that come to be revelation unity with the spirit of God and not just mine. Because there were a lot of people standing here that said yes, that knew this is is what the Lord would have us do and they stood in it in obedience. So not only did we see what the Lord prayed for, but we also allowed ourselves to join with Him in intercession in a specific moment with with the specific thing that existed in the heart of God for that moment for us to begin to intercede to see happen. Only because of fellowship and unity with the Holy Spirit. Because of that Holy Spirit, we had access to the heart of God. And we only had access to the heart of God because we have relationship. And so we saw the power of prayer. It unlocks revelation. Relationship unlocks powerful, powerful, powerful revelation. Colossians 1:26 says, Of which I became a minister... According to the stewardship from God that has given me has was given to me for you to make the word of God fully known. The mystery hidden for ages and generations but now revealed to his saints. To them God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of his mystery, which is Christ in you the hope of glory. We are in the process, as we pursue and as we engage in relationship with the Holy Spirit and with the heart of God, we align ourselves and we place ourselves perfectly to receive revelation. And revelation is the light to our path. Revelation gives, gives light to my next step. I know what the Lord is doing through the power of revelation. I know it, it, it is the thing that when the, the storm rages around us, keeps us firmly rooted, the revelation that he gave. <clears throat> there, are, there are days to come. There, there are days that, I, 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 we talked about it in staff meeting uh, this week, but there's a lot of work that Sarah and Melissa are, are engaging in right now on behalf of that daycare. A lot of work. Um, it's, it's good work, but it's a lot of work. And we're also joining in with a state entity, uh, state regulations. And you know, when government's involved, it's 10 times more complicated, right? We all know this to be true. Um, Where one word would suffice, there's 45, right? Um, It's a lot of work. And I have seen it become overwhelming for them at times. But what continues to keep them rooted and grounded is the revelation that the Lord gave About what he desired to do and what he was going to build through this daycare. That's the only reason we can press forward into any of it. That's the only reason I was able to preach Sunday after Sunday to an empty room because of the revelation that the Lord brought. The revelation that He brought that, okay, this is is not to be what Sundown Church will always be. I've got to trust in the things that He's revealed. It keeps us rooted, it keeps us grounded, and it keeps us moving forward. It keeps us moving forward. Revelation is profound in relationship with the Holy Spirit. and An active prayer life positions us to receive revelation because without it, we are absolutely lost. We're grasping at straws. We see this time and time again. Christians who have never in their life received revelation, and they are clueless but they've dismissed the Holy Spirit. They don't engage in relationship with the Lord or or right relationship with the Lord. And so they have no revelation. Can you imagine a life where you receive no revelation from God? What turmoil you would regularly live in, right? Because it is the very thing that calms the world around you when the storm is raging. It keeps you firmly on solid ground, right? It is... Modeled by Jesus, the importance of relationship and the example of the Lord's prayer. We, we see this uh, in Matthew and it, it's such a beautiful thing and I, it, was, it was revelation that the Lord brought in this that I had never noticed this. We, we've, we've talked about this time and time again, how common passages have just become that, common passages, where we just breeze through them because we almost have it memorized and we've lost all importance in the passage because we're not paying attention to what we're actually reading. And that was the Lord's prayer for me. What the Lord revealed in this and adding to the importance of relationship with him and and it, it increasing our prayer life and giving us an active and profound prayer life because of our relationship. And we see this in the Lord's prayer because what we see is the value system of Jesus' heart towards His Father. The value system of Jesus' heart towards man here on earth. We see it represented in the Lord's Prayer. I am not one, and I'll try to say this carefully so that it's not misconstrued, but I do not believe that when you go to pray every day, without, it says pray without ceasing, I do not believe every prayer starts with our Father who art in heaven. Hallowed be thy name. Or herald is his name. You remember that joke from church a couple weeks ago. I I don't believe that that's it. I believe what Jesus is highlighting is the the fruit, the, the response that comes, the reaction that comes, the product that is produced. When in right relationship, when in deep relationship with God, when you come to Him, when you pray to Him, what you desire is what He desires. You desire His will above your own. What is it? Jesus represents it so well with one statement, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. We see, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The first things He says... When teaching them to pray is that it's his will, not mine. And he says it again right before he's taken to be tortured and murdered. So we see highlighted in the Lord's Prayer this template, the value system of Jesus' heart. That is brought about because of a correct relationship. It, is, it represents the fruit of relationship. And we, we, we presented this challenge, kind of an interesting question, but maybe our discomfort with prayer, or, or Christians just in general, their discomfort with prayer, is because when we come to a moment where we have to pray, we recognize, maybe we don't recognize it at the forefront of our mind, but subconsciously at the back of our mind, we recognize that my value system does not match his. That would create some wrestling. How many of you know it's a lot easier to go with the grain than against? But if my value system in my heart does not match the value system in the Father's heart, I'm going against the grain every time I open my mouth to speak to Him. Right? I'll be asking for things to be released that the Lord has no desire to release. I'll be asking for provision in things that the Lord has no desire to give provision in. I'll be asking for doors to be opened that the Lord has no desire to open. And it creates, a, it creates a tension. It creates a discomfort. It creates an awkwardness. I mean, if you had, if you, if, if your dad, if you knew what your dad wanted you to do, you knew it very clearly, and then you went up and asked if you could do the opposite, that wouldn't be a very comfortable conversation. That would be an awkward conversation. Really awkward. I knew my dad wanted me to graduate high school. If I went up to him and told him, I'm going to drop out. It wouldn't just be like a cool high five and we move on. It would be incredibly tense. I would have the weird sweats and awkward and I'd probably say weird things. It would just be a mess. I might puke just because I'm going against the grain, right? And that's uncomfortable. And that's what we do when our value system does not match the value system that he has for us. The Lord's Prayer highlights the importance of relationship because it aligns our hearts with His, that His desires are my desires. The things He desires to release are the very things I desire to ask for. Our value systems match. That is only possible when there's relationship. Again, I cannot know the heart of God if I've rejected it. And you reject it every time you say no to relationship. We neglect relationship uh, so, so very much in the church today. Uh, we depend on our pastor's relationship with the Lord, and we call it our own. So many Christians do this. And then what happens is these pastors get burnt out for their own issues. You, you can only get burnt out if you're not walking with the Spirit of God, in my opinion. You can get tired, don't get me wrong. I get home every Sunday and I'm ready for a nap. Like, I'm exhausted. I'm not exhausted because what I did was hard. I'm exhausted because I've carried this word around for seven days and I just finally got to let it go and just give it. That's exhausting. I would go to Randy's house every Sunday for lunch for seven, six years. And... Before we ate, you know, they finish. Everybody's finishing preparing the meal. We're getting the table ready. We're setting the table. We're getting everybody drinks. Look over on that couch. You know what what Randy's doing? I mean, he's gone. He's out like that. His he gets he got home. Shirt was untucked. He was sitting in his spot on the couch. He'd put golf on or whatever was on at the time, and he was gone until it was time to pray and eat. And then after that, he was back on the couch, unconscious for a few minutes, before he'd normally get up and go to counseling, somebody else. But it was exhausting carrying this word, but it was not, it was not a negative thing. It was a powerful and profound thing. But we neglect relationship. We, ha- we, we allow others to carry our relationships and We think that that's my relationship because of their relationship and because what they said reflected with me. I count that as my pursuit of the Lord, but it's really not. It's theirs. I'm not pursuing the Lord because how many of you know you can't pursue the Lord one day a week? That's not, how a relation, that's not a good relationship. Do that with your wife. See how that works out. Engage and talk to her one day a week. See how long you're married. Or Breathing right? <laughs> I probably would never be divorced. She would probably just be a, a widow because <laughs> I'd be dead if I only talked to her one day a week. We find ourselves, uh, when we neglect relationship, we find ourselves without in moments of great need. We know that faith was a gift and it came from a moment of encounter. So what can we conclude from that? That further encounter produces what? Faith. It produces faith. It's the same with work. If I don't go to work, I don't get a paycheck. And so when the bills show up, I can't pay them. But we have viewed faith for so long is that when the, the bill comes, all I have to do is believe and the finances will be there. I've sat at home for a month and not done anything. So I have no money, but it'll just produce itself in the moment of need, right? That's been our, the church's teaching. You just got to have faith. You can't have what you don't have. Just because you say it doesn't mean it exists. You can only have faith, an increase of faith with a continued encounter, right? Continued relationship produces a, continue, a continued increase in faith so that when a moment of great faith is required, I have great faith in, in the account that I could continue to move forward. How many times in this church have we looked at the accounts? I'm putting this out there online, but I don't care because it's testimony. And we've looked at it and we've thought, if something don't change, this, this church doesn't exist. I mean, we've been days away from shutting down. And every single time... said, if the Lord's done with us, then he's done with us. But he's not done with us because he's still speaking. And I've got a sermon to preach on Sunday. And Randy would have a sermon to preach on Sunday. It's like, well, so we're still going to be here Sunday. So something's going to happen. And every single time has it not happened. Every single time. And has it just been to meet the need? Absolutely not. It's been beyond anything we could have ever measured, right? The Lord does it time and time again. I believe oftentimes he just does it to remind us that he's got it. We don't need to worry about it, right? Take our hands off the wheel. But this is what the Lord does. But when we neglect relationship, we find ourselves without in moments of need. I don't know what to pray for in the valley because I didn't pursue him on the mountaintop. If I don't have relationship with him in the good times, it's really hard to all of a sudden have relationship with him in the bad times. If I neglect him on the mountaintop, the second I find the valley, I'm not gonna know what to look for. I'm not going to know what I need. I'm just going to be shooting shots in the dark because I neglected relationship with him and now I need relationship, but I need deep relationship. And how many of you know deep relationship doesn't come in an instant? It comes over time because a relationship requires effort. And if I'm only willing to put in the effort in the moment when I need something from it, that's not going to work. How many of you know that if you had a friend that only called you when they needed money from you, you're going to stop picking up the phone, right? We treat the Lord like that. We treat the Lord like that. I only go to Him when I need something from Him. And if I don't need something from Him, I don't go to Him. I don't need Him. When I need Him, I'll go to Him, and I expect Him to give me whatever I want right there. That's not right relationship. And the Lord, being a perfect father, will not answer those prayers. Right? If my son is disobedient, constantly, refusing to do what I've asked him to do, but then needs something, comes up, hey, can I? Or say Christmas is coming around. Could I have this? Yeah, no. Absolutely not. Right? If he's disobedient all the time beating his brother, hitting his brother and then asks for Christmas for a new baseball bat, you yeah, know. I don't trust you to use that with what it's meant to be used for. You won't use the gift the way it's intended. It'll be detrimental. It won't be beneficial. And the Lord will do the same thing with us because he's a good and perfect father. He won't give us that which we cannot handle and steward. Right? We've got to be faithful to steward little before we're we're going to be given much. But if we neglect relationship, we won't ever see those days. But when we engage, when we get to experience the profound things of God because of our pursuit of relationship, because we're pursuing the Lord, we're saying yes to the Holy Spirit, we're engaging with Him, we are seeking and finding, knocking and things being open to us, we get to experience the overflow, the profound overflow, we get to experience what it is to pray without ceasing in that nature of relationship. Praying, pray without ceasing, a command from the Lord. Just think about what that means. That is profound. That is not something that can simply be thought of in a second. Hunter and I just talked about it a little bit. I'm still working that out in my head what it is to pray without ceasing. Because in this lesson in particular, I gave you an example of something I never physically asked the Lord to release. But in my heart, I needed it. And I was asking for it. But I never actually stopped and prayed for this particular provision. But the Lord gave it. Out of the overflow of relationship, the Lord released everything I needed in a moment. And I didn't have to ask for it but it existed in my heart. The prayers that we don't pray. How many times have we sat and we've needed finances, but we've we've just simply trusted in the overflow and the goodness of God. We've never physically sat there and said, Lord, release funds. I can think of maybe a handful of times in this church when we needed finances and we physically prayed for finances. Most of the time we just say, the Lord's, he's good. He's got it. And we keep going. And out of the overflow, the Lord releases that which we didn't actually pray for, but existed in our hearts. We're we're crying out in our hearts. We were praying without ceasing. We're existing in the overflow. We're existing in the provision and in the will of God. And He released all that we needed in the moment that we needed it. More than we could have ever imagined. He does this all the time. But the beautiful thing is too, there are some times where that's not the answer. Right? Like in the season that we're in. Where he's saying, I need you to ask. Because there's a lesson I have for you once you ask. We'll ask for something and the Lord will say, yes, but first, let's learn this before this can be released. Right? It's a good thing. It's a profound thing. Might. My- Again, I I go back. When I'm talking about relationship with a father, where am I going to go? I'm going to go to my relationship with my kids. I remember my son asking for a pitching machine. Two years ago, he asked for a pitching machine. I said, okay. I didn't get him a pitching machine two years ago. I got him a pitching machine just this last year. What I got him First was a T. And then what, what we did second, I spent time with him throwing the ball. You dads in here would know if I just plugged in that pitching machine and said, swing away, kiddo, that was not going to be very good because it was going to crush his confidence before he even had any. He was going to go to it into it excited and he was going to leave discouraged because he re- wasn't... I had to get him to a place where he was ready to receive that which he wanted. Right? The Lord will do the same thing with us. And he'll wait and say, I need you to ask for this. The second you do, it will be released. But there's a journey we gotta go to get, we got to go through to get to it. Right? The Lord does this. It's a profound thing and it's a wonderful thing. We get to experience these things. We get to understand things like fasting. One of the most important things a believer can do that we don't do. Because we as Christians are really, really bad with uncomfortable things. But we talked about that. What is uncomfortable? Who defined that for you? I'll give you a hint. The world did. The world tells you what's comfortable and what's uncomfortable. The God of comfort, though, says to fast. We talked about testimony from the Asbury revivals where one of the professors was there for two days and he said, I felt like I could stay there forever. He didn't go to the restroom. He didn't drink water. He didn't eat food. And he was comfortable the entire time. Never did he articulate saying, oh, it, was, it was really hard and uncomfortable and I didn't feel very great, but I just pressed in. Well, he said, I felt as though I could live there for the rest of my life. That's what happens when we pursue the Lord in things like fasting. It's uncomfortable for a moment. It's just my flesh, though. And who cares? I will, I will glad, we are meant to gladly deny what this body needs so that the spirit can grow, right? Because we are spiritual beings, not fleshly beings. We are spiritual creatures first, right? That's in our design. It's more important to feed the spirit than it is to feed the flesh. And what it also does, again, it continues to position us that we could have clarity continuously in our lives, knowing exactly what the Lord is doing, understanding what He's doing around us because we have set ourselves up in a moment where all we desire is what He desires. All we desire to do is to listen and to see what it is that he's doing. We give him our complete and total attention, denying everything else required for life to just have him. And in those places comes great and profound clarity. It's a beautiful thing, fasting. This is what the Lord does. And these are are things that we get to see and that we get to experience when we have a relationship and we pursue relationship and we have a right and correct prayer life. And that is worship. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. You want to live a life of worship? Live it like that. Let that be your mantra. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. In everything you do. Uh, Worship is simply the abandoning of self in pursuit of Him. Walking into places where there is no path until He makes one as we need it. Exodus 14 moving away from the things that are comfortable and familiar into the places that the Lord has called, even when it doesn't look possible, saying yes and moving through it. Just think of the plan of the cross and Him getting tortured and hung on that cross to die for our sins. It did not look possible what would happen after. But He said yes and He moved forward. And now we have the Spirit of God and death has no hold on us. The Israelites walked to the shore of a sea where there was no way. An impossible place. But they said yes and moved forward. And because of that, a path was created where there was no path. And they were saved. And not only were they saved, but their enemies, all that sought to come against them were destroyed in that moment. That is a life of worship. That is a life of worship. Our response to that life, our response to seeing the Lord do these things and leading us into this path, our response to relationship, to knowing His heart, to being regularly with Him, to walking where only He can lead. And that's an important thing. A life of worship is to walk where only the Lord can lead you. That is the result of it. When I say, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done, He will lead you into places where only He could lead you. That song, Oceans uh, by Hillsong, lead me deeper than my feet could ever wander. Places that we could not go on our own. When we say yes to a relationship and yes to a life with Him, He leads us into these places. And what happens when we find ourselves in these places, our response, the natural fruit of a life of worship is a life of praise. The more I know the heart of God, the the easier it is to just continually praise the Lord. It is not hard to sing praises to God. I, I don't know about any of you, but there are times where I will just I'm just going and I will catch myself singing. I'm like, where did that come from? It's so funny because I, we see it now. We see it in Kai. He will make up songs where he's just talking to the Lord and he's just praising God. That is to be the response. That is to be the fruit of a life of worship. A life of a relationship. The fruit of relationship. The more I know of the Lord, the more I desire to praise Him. And it's, it's, it's a horrible thing, but what a life that we miss out on because we are unwilling to knock, unwilling to seek. But if we would simply, if we would find ourselves in the middle of all that we are made for, if we would allow Him to lead us into all these things that He has desired for us, if we allow ourselves to say yes to relationship and pursue Him forsaking all others, allowing freedom to reign in our lives. We will find ourselves uh, in perfect harmony with all that we were always created for, everything that we're meant to to exist in, everything that we're meant to experience. We will find ourselves in right relationship. We will find ourselves in perfect unity with the Lord. We will find ourselves praising Him continuously and forever. And His appeal that He makes through us will be made accurately. Accurately. This is what we're being called into. God making his appeal through us. It is time for the sons and daughters of God to make that accurate appeal again. That we would rightly reflect the heart of God. Accurately reflect the heart of God. For too long, Christians have been known for that which does not exist in the heart of God for the people around them. That ends Now, it's so simple because all you have to do is seek. All you have to do is knock. Say yes to the Holy Spirit. Yes to His leading. And you will have a deep and profound relationship with the Lord that will transform the lives of those around you. And so now, what do we do? You have the knowledge We've, we've gone through this for several months now, nearly a year. Will it change our lives or be stored in a box in our minds? Unfortunately, what we as Christians have a tendency of doing is storing new information in this new file system. It's, it's, we, we pull out a new folder. We put it in the file cabinet and then we store it away. Never to be seen by the world the things that we've learned. Never to leave the pages of our notebooks. Right? So many will take notes and that revelation, that freedom will only ever exist on that page. Never in their stories. But if we would simply just engage with Him. He has said that when we engage with Him, when we seek after Him... This is Kerry's vision again. The ground would literally break open and his glory will rush in, creating an oasis in the desert. And he says it again in Exodus 14, just simply, let us now, with this knowledge, with this revelation that he's given on prayer and worship, let us say yes and move forward as he's commanded us to do. Because this will create paths where there were no paths before us. This will create understanding. This will create understand, uh, this will position us for revelation. This will create freedom not only in our lives but in the lives of those around us if we say yes to all that the Lord has taught us over the last several months. I desire that this would be a house of prayer. That this would be a house of praise. That this would be a house of worship. Because we, the people of God, the sons and daughters, have right relationship with Him. We see Him clearly. We see His heart. And we say yes to it in every aspect. And we move forward into it. Thanks for listening to this message. For more resources, visit sundownchurch.com.